Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. What I am saying is this, as long as the heir is a young child, he is no different from a slave. Although he is owner of everything, he is still under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. So also, when we were younger children, we were enslaved under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman, so that he would be born under the law, in order to redeem those under the law, so that we would be adopted as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts to shout, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir of God through Christ. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, why are you turning back again to the basic principles that are weak and miserable? Do you want to be enslaved by them all over again? You carefully observe days, months, seasons, and years, I am fearful about you, that somehow my labor for you was wasted. I beg you, brothers, become like me, for I also became like you. You did me no harm. You know that, because of a weakness of the flesh, I preached the gospel to you the first time, and you did not despise or disdain the test my flesh gave you. Instead, you welcomed me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. So where is this blessed attitude of yours now? Yes, I can say for a fact that, if it were possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. So then, have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? These people are eager to win you over, but not in a good way. Rather, they alienate you, so that you will be eager for them. But it is always a good thing to have someone eager for you in a good way, not just when I am present with you. My children, I am suffering birth pains for you again until Christ is formed in you. I wish I were present with you now and could change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you really listening to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and one by the free woman. However, the son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but the son by the free woman was born through a promise. These things can be used as an illustration. Namely, the women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai bearing children into slavery. This is Hagar. You see, this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to present-day Jerusalem, because Jerusalem is in slavery along with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free. She is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not give birth. Break forth and shout for joy, woman who does not suffer birth pains, because the barren woman has more children than does the the woman who has a husband. Now you brothers are like Isaac, our children of the promise. But just as back then the one who is born according to the flesh persecuted the one who is born according to the spirit, so this also is the case now. But what does the scripture say? Throw out the slave woman and her son, because the son of the slave woman will certainly not receive the inheritance with the son of the free woman. For this same reason, brothers, we are not children of a slave woman, but of the free woman. This is the word of our God. 
In Galatians chapter 3, Paul protected his gospel against false rumors that he got his gospel secondhand and that he got it wrong besides, and then he had turned his attention to the gospel itself. The gospel is the fact that the whole world has been justified by Christ Jesus and that God is at peace with his creation. And then as we get into chapter 4 here, um, we have this idea of sonship that Paul is is playing with and Paul is using as an illustration in a couple of different ways. First of all is the the truth that God sent his son, verse 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman so that he would be born under law in order to redeem those under law. And after that introductory statement, so to speak, um, he says that you and I have been adopted as sons. And what he's what he's using there in verse 5 is the same concept that he introduced in verse 1. As long as the heir is a young child, he is no different from a slave. Although he is owner of everything, he is still under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. And we, as young children, were enslaved under the basic principles of, of this world. And so what Paul is saying, and kind of the, the avenue he's going toward, is that by God giving his son as as a son born under the law and obligated to the law and fulfilling the law for us, um, that son of God allowed and opened the door for you and me to be adopted as sons. That imagery of sons is not to disclude daughters. Rather, it is, it is using that idea of inheritance. And in the culture to which Paul is writing, the sons would be the ones who would be the inheritors. It would be a very, very rare occasion when daughters wouldn't inherit much of anything. Um, sad to say. Anyway, so what Paul is saying here is that the son of God made it possible and made it an eventuality so that we who lived under law would be adopted as sons. And that's kind of the the second aspect of this idea of sonship that he is dealing with. The fact that we are no longer slaves and no longer enslaved under the basic principles of this world, but rather we are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's what he says in verse 7. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir, which means you have an inheritance in heaven. And that is the reality of the gospel, that God did the adopting, that we are the passive recipients, that we did not have to do anything to become heirs. And so then the next part where Paul kind of manages this idea of sonship, he compares it to those who were uh, those who were slaves under the basic principles of this world and those who were turning back to idolatry. And he talks about this in such a way in verses um, 8 through 20, really, talking about being slaves to those who by nature are not gods, that the Galatians have been enslaved in idolatry. And the contrast is that, yes, you have been adopted as sons, as heirs of God. Why would you go back to wanting to be a slave? You've been set free. Why would you want to go back to slavery? And what he's saying is by the addition of works to try to fulfill their salvation, by the addition of actions in order to be forgiven, um, such as circumcision. And then it even gets worse. Verse 10, observing days, months, seasons, and years, going through with as much of the Old Testament ceremonial law as those Judaizers can, can foist upon them. The Galatians are turning to a different form of idolatry. 
and one might say, but, you know, Pastor Paul, um, Pastor Paul, come on, this is in the Bible, this is in the Old Testament, and in, in a vacuum, um, would the Galatians be free to observe that Old Testament law? Sure, if they wanted but first of all, they don't live in a vacuum. And then second of all, they are following that Old Testament law and they've been told to follow that Old Testament law in order to be a Christian, in order to be forgiven. And that gets us back right into the matter of Christian freedom, that when there are no strings attached, that means there are no strings attached. But when there are conditions placed upon an action in order to in order to be a Christian, um, or in order to be forgiven, then we reject that completely. Because by our action, by practicing our doctrine, we need to reinforce the truth that we have been set free in Jesus, that we have been made sons of God by adoption of the Son of God. And we even recognize this, uh, this love between the Galatians and Paul. Um, verse 15 Yes, I can say for a fact that if it were possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Perhaps this opens the door, or perhaps this is a little bit of a discussion about Paul's thorn in the flesh. We'll talk about that when we get to Second Corinthians. But Paul's thorn in the flesh was some sort of physical malady that had a spiritual aspect to it. And, you know, the, the example here, you know, maybe it is something to do with his eyesight as a reminder of those three days when he sat in blindness, um, waiting for after the appearance of Jesus on the road to Damascus and before Ananias came and and spoke to Paul and baptized him and those scales fell off his eyes and and if Paul were hampered the rest of his life with some physical malady for his eyes that would have a spiritual component because it would be a constant reminder of the fact that he had been on his way to Damascus in order to persecute Christians throw them into jail and perhaps even kill them Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh as well. And so he, he concludes this chapter when he talks about the comparison between Hagar and Sarah. And this illustration um, does not deny the historical reality of Hagar and Sarah. Rather, I would say that it actually reinforces the historical reality of Hagar and Sarah. And if you remember that from uh, the book of Genesis, like... Genesis 15 and following or so, um, Abraham had been told that he would have a son, and this son was a long time in coming. And Sarah suggested to him, well, why don't you just sleep with Hagar? Maybe, maybe that is the one through whom God will give you this son. And Hagar was the slave woman, and she was expelled then from the household soon after Isaac was born. And, um, and Isaac was born after, about 12 years after Ishmael, and Isaac was the son of the promise. And so that sets up, based on those details, that sets up the comparison that we have here between the son of the slave woman and the son of the free woman. Again, dealing with that, that idea of sonship, that you and I are the son of the free woman that you and I are children of the promise, as Paul says in verse 28. And the children of the promise, those who are the children of the free woman, would not ever in any way want to go back to being a child of the slavery and child of the slave woman. 
And so Paul says, throw out that slave woman. And what he's really saying there is get those Judaizers out of your church. You need to confront them directly because they are distorting and distracting you away from the gospel and turning you back to slavery, (laughs) turning you back to slavery, to idolatry, um, turning you back and deserting and giving up the freedom of an heir and the, the sonship and the inheritance that you have waiting for you in heaven and enslaving oneself again, to the basic principles of this world, do this and do not do that. Pretty strong words from Paul. Do you think it's a little too strong? Paul, why don't you just be a little bit more understanding? Paul, you should take a little bit easy. And um, and you aren't even there right now, Paul. <laughs> Come on. You don't even know all that is being said. But this is the zeal for the gospel. This is the truth and the the great treasure that God has given to us in his gospel. This great word that says it is done. This word of promise that says your sin is forgiven. And where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. And if we were to try to earn our forgiveness or uh, participate in our forgiveness or complete our forgiveness or make the first decision and invite Jesus into our heart in order to be forgiven, all those things are actions that rob Jesus of his glory and that put the attention back on you and me. And quite frankly, if there is any thought that we contribute in any way to our salvation, then that is not going to be in the background for very long. That will quickly become the dominating thought and the thought that makes Jesus really disappear. But dear friend, enjoy your freedom as a son, as a daughter, an adopted heir, adopted by the Son of God who lived under the law for you. And enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our Thirsty episode with Pastor Lightning and Pastor Zarling. God bless your day.